Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beer League, the show where we give our non-expert expert opinions on anything and everything. This week, we have another phenomenal episode with you. The gang is back. We got all four soon to be back in studio circa probably February 15th-ish, right after the Super Bowl. I think that's when I'll be moving back to the city, so we'll get back in studio, which is going to be great. I think... We might have to do a Friday Power Hour special just to reunite the guys, but we'll Absolutely. we'll we'll talk on that. I was just thinking that could be a fun thing. Recap the Super Bowl, a Kagahina can call it a day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna break down a lot of big uh, news for the Chicago Bears. We're gonna break down that new GM, new head coach. We're gonna do the same thing last week. We'll talk about uh, every playoff game for a little bit um we got timeout and then for the rank it is just going to be us mano y mano who's got the best power rankings of the teams that are left in the nfl so that's our rank so without any further ado let's get right to it let's take it from the uh from the tippy top there Low Budget presents Beer League. Okay, guys, welcome back. It's good to see everyone, like always. Um, beer's frozen with that funny face, which I really like that. I hope he's not completely frozen. I hope he comes back. But let's start off with what we normally do and see how everyone's doing. I'll go first. What did I do this weekend? Not a whole lot except win. I won. That's what I did. I won this weekend. I went, this is not a joke, 11, 1, and 2 on bets. That's pretty good. Not bad. That's impressive. For those of you that know that we have the betting league with the team, uh, I doubled our money, a little bit over doubled. I then lost the balance on a risky bet. I told the guys, I was like, give it, give it to me. Give me some money back. I will then make it up. It took me eight days to make all of our losses back. Eight days. Unbelievable. Always paying dividends. I love yeah. it. So we are back. Um, hit a lot of big ones. So that was, that was a good time watching those games. Uh, every single game was a treat. Every single game was really good. Um, and then I am now planning, cause we're going to Arizona on a golf trip with the family and I've just been looking at all these really dope courses to pick out where we're going to play. And it is a really good time to be alive. I'll say <laughs> that. It is quite fun thing when my dad's like, we're not going on vacation to play like any poop courses. So he's like, go find some good ones and we'll like plan it all. And we'll have some fun as a family. And I'm like, I'm your guy. That's awesome. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Nick. Um, let's see. What did I do this past week? Yeah, watched some football. Um, I was betting on uh, a fair amount on my own as well and did some uh, pretty well with some bets. So that was nice. Um, gosh, what did I do? Um, I, I really don't know. It must have been a pretty, pretty normal, uh, uneventful weekend. Um, 
because I really cannot for the life of me remember anything interesting or fun. So uh, you're going to have to come back to me. I mean, uh, this is probably the worst week recap I've ever done. Then, dude, sometimes doing nothing is the best, though. Yeah. Uh, it is yeah. cold. It is cold out there. It has been cold. Ridiculously so. Yesterday was subarctic, uh, which we yeah. seem to be getting once a year around this mm-hmm. time, which is fun. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I was just inside staying warm. Oh, on so on Friday. So I've had some troubles with um, one of my tires. It's not holding its air well. So I've 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 got a uh, uh, a pump in in my car that I've been using to reinflate the tire as needed. And of course, the temperature has been going up and down, so that's really been affecting the firmness of the tire. Uh, I took it to a shop. They're like, "Yeah, there's no leak. We resealed it." So I was like, "Fine, whatever." And it was still happening. Then finally, Friday night, it went completely flat. I woke up Saturday morning; it's completely flat. So I'm like, "Damn, I got to change this." So I, I spent several hours by hand changing a tire a flat tire on my car which was the first time i've ever done it on my car i've helped other people out before but so i i felt very manly i was using you know a tire iron uh the the bolts the um lug nuts for some reason were really tight on both my spare and on the tire that was flat so i had to use a lot of brute strength and everything um so I got the tire changed. Uh, it's working great. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty impressed with myself. On Father that. Dragon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that's, that's something that, you got to do as an adult. That's so manly that the only thing I could picture you doing after is walking up to your apartment, cracking an ice-cold diesel, taking a bite out of a raw steak, and just sitting down in like a man chair. I didn't do the steak, but I definitely got home and was like, I'm wiped. Uh, I, I'm cracking a beer. And it was a great tasting beer. That's like one of those things like someday when I move out to the suburbs and have a house with a yard, you go out and do the yard work and then you come back in and you sip that ice cold beer like, ooh, that's one of the best beers you'll ever have. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was up there for sure. So you earned it. Yeah, I, I have to admit something. I did a very Chicagoan thing today where I walked outside and it was 28 degrees. I actually went and got my COVID booster and my flu shot today, walked outside and I said, Ooh, it's pretty nice today. And I did that, like coming off of negative 10, I walked outside today and I was like, it's pretty nice today. And I literally said, I was like, if there was no snow, I might play 18 today. (laughs) You got to be ready for that. Yeah. So it's the perfect, like, Negative five where it hurts to walk outside, even get the mail to a day where it's like 27 and you walk outside and you're like, you know what? Tides are turning. Tides are turning and I like it. Um, let's go. Johnny, what have you been up to? Uh, same, pretty low key. Just uh, watched a lot of sports. Uh, UFC 270. Uh, that was awesome. I don't know if you guys watched it. Uh, the heavyweight championship and the flyweight championship. Francis Ngannou. Boring fight. monster. I mean, but the fact that he could move the way he does now and he's only been doing it for what two years it's crazy i don't know who's gonna beat him uh, francis and Ghana? yeah he's been fighting since 2016 six years 2016 oh still ufc impressive. i still guess impressive. ufc specifically i guess or like miss mixed martial arts 
So I think so, he was just doing like 2017 because he lost the fight mm-hmm. to Miocic in 2018. Mm, that's right. I only know this because I looked this all up while watching the fight. <laughs> yeah, this isn't fun, like I knew this. It was Saturday I knew this. Yeah, the fun fight was a co-main event with uh, mm. Moreno and Figueredo. We're going to have to talk about that because I got some feelings on that fight. Yeah, that was some bullshit. I got a little uh, feeling. I think Moreno should have won that one. He had more mm-hmm. strikes. Uh, he threw more strikes. I, I don't know. I don't know how they judged it, but it was a really good fight. And uh, Sunday, just the best <clears throat> Sunday of football, I think, that I've seen in a long time. Uh, I had five guys for the first time ever. Oh. Damn, those Cajun fries. Ooh. First time ever? Ever. First time ever. Ever. Those Cajun fries. It's the best. No joke. Dude, that was like a Ooh. staple in high school for me and my friends. We'd go there all the time. We got it's our first one in Palatine our senior year of high school, and that's when I had it for the first time. Dude, that shit's legit. It, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I think it's the best fast food burger. Five Guys? I think, really? I think Five Guys is the best fast food burger. I take it over Shake Shack. Take it over In-N-Out. Would you call it fast food? It's fast casual. It's more like a Chipotle, like a fast casual. Yeah, I agree with Johnny. Oh, okay. I think it's okay. in a different different realm from like a McDonald's or a Wendy's. But but wouldn't you consider like In-N-Out and Shake Shack or Smash Burger? Like those are kind of fast casual. Those are fast food. Or like uh, Meathead? In-N-Out, I would say, is more fast food. Okay, fair enough. Culver's? Culver's is fast food. For sure. Oh, but, but they bring I would it to say, the table. Yeah, that's fast casual, baby. That's fast casual. It's fast casual. That warm butter burger. Mm. They, but they, have a drive, they have a drive-thru. Drive-thru to me is the ultimate sign of a fast food place. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Five guys is in that, the is, Are you saying that's the actual definition or is that your interpretation? That's my interpretation. I have no idea what the actual definition is. Hmm. I think he, I, I, you're on to something, definitely. It's I by just, the, I just thought it's like the limited that. service, basically. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Okay. But yeah. No. Good weekend. Excited to talk sports. Bears. Speaking of bears, let's talk to beer. Beer, how was your weekend? Yeah. So just to recap. Yes. Packers lost. I was watching it with a 49er fan who is one of Jenny's really good friends. Um, her fiance, they have a little baby, uh, went over there to hang out and make a, make a brisket. So I went and got a brisket, went over there, um, was kind of like cheering on the 49ers. And then like our friend Claire and her boyfriend, Kyle, they came and he is a, he's a big Packer fan. So he showed up and like, it was this nice fun dynamic where I was cheering on the 49ers and the, the pack that like not cheering on the Packers at all. And he was kind of like cheering the Packers, but he knew that he was in enemy territory and shouldn't be cheering around me. So like, it was like one of those situations, uh, but it was good. Uh, the brisket was, was nuts. Um, was very like, I give it a, a 8.7 brisket, um, on my scale. Still not as good as the brisket I made at the golf trip. That one time that was like probably top two that I've ever made. Um, but no, it was it was a really fun it was fun to watch the Packers lose, uh, so that was great. And then now we have we have a new head coach, a new GM, so I'm excited to talk about that. So that's what happened this weekend. It was it was nice to finally see the Packers leave, and now like let's see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. So that was my excitement. And so like you woke up on Monday and you were just like, it's a good day, you know? It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, last thing before we get to it, uh, my brother had a buddy over. 
um, he was asking for my picks because I, I went five and six last week on the games. So I gave him all my picks and he goes, dude, you think the Bengals are going to win outright? Because I took the Bengals at money line and I took the Niners money line. And he was like, you think the Bengals are going to win? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he was like, why? And I gave like this five minute spiel. It was really like analytical, really well thought out. And then he said, so why do you think the Niners are going to win? I go, oh, because I just refuse to bet on the Packers and I'll bet against them any moment. And so he faded me being like, he took the Bengals, but then he took the Packers. He's like, he's just doing this out of pure spite, which I was, which I was like, I'm not lying. Like when anyone asked me about that game, like my opinion on the pick, I was like, oh, Niners all day by a million. But then they'd be like, why? And I'd be like, I don't know. I hate the Packers. And they'd be like, that's not good enough. And I'd be like, I'm sorry. That's what I got. <laughs> um, all right. So let's go into, let's start first with the Bears, and then we'll go over to the playoffs. So I think this qualifies as a triple B, Bears, Bears breakdown. Sure. So, Bill, yeah. let's get your first take on the new GM and head coach, the twofer. Okay. The twofer. So – Ryan, first, let's start with the GM. That was obviously the first. How everything kind of shook out. The Chicago Bears, uh, what is his name? George McCaskey has like basically begun his search, and he started interviewing head coaches and GMs, and everyone was like, why are you interviewing head coaches like before you sign a GM? And everyone's like ripping their hair out because that's not the way you do it. It's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. And process went. We started interviewing. Fun fact, the first person we asked to come back for a second interview was Matt Eberflus. He apparently nailed his first interview with George McCaskey before they even met with Ryan Poles. They, he nailed that first interview with George McCaskey. So that happened. Then right after they interviewed Ryan Poles, Poles specifically said that he liked the Bears job, wanted to come to the Bears. But the caveat was that he had, had full autonomy over like the Bears organi- like, over the football as well as the uh, the head coach. That was, like, the key. And, like, apparently Bill Polian wasn't, like, super into that. And even, like, McCaskey wasn't. But they wanted polls really bad, so they, they wrote it into the contract. That's what I've seen wow. from Cap from uh, 670 The Score. Like, like, they, like they, they wrote it into the contract. So, like, it's there. So once that happened, then you noticed the Bears media, when they were putting out these reports, these these interviews, Ryan Poles has completed the interview with them. You notice nobody else is on the interview process. So the moment they made the, the choice to go with Ryan Poles, they made it with the full knowledge that they wouldn't have a, their choice of head coach. They would have to – they could guide him. They could encourage him. But in the end, it was up to Poles. So they hired him. What happens? Poles has like individual interviews with all these guys with Dan Quinn, Matt Eberflus, and who was the last guy that came in Caldwell. Mm-hmm. And like it came out apparently this morning Dan Quinn announced that he's coming back to the to the Cowboys. I don't know whether he got the news he wasn't getting the Bears job and then decided to do that or he decided to do that and then the Bears went with D- Eberflus. But it all happened like instantly. It was Dan Quinn's going back to the Cowboys. Bear sign Matt Eberflus, like, all happened today. And it was 100% Ryan Poles' position, especially because of what we're seeing is that apparently McCaskey, it was McCaskey wanted Dan Quinn, and then Ted Phillips and the other people of the committee and Bill Polian wanted Caldwell. 
and Ryan Poles wanted your wow. Fluce, and I'm doing. He's like, I'm doing my. I'm taking the guy I want. And that this, is awesome. Yeah. That's hell yeah. Hell yeah. So he's like empowered to build his team, and that's awesome that McCaskey's out of the way. That's the key, right? If McCaskey does not have his hand on anything, it's instantly an upgrade from the last. Because what happened last time we did this, we we hired Ryan Pace and basically gave him John Fox to deal with it. Like that was basically yeah. what happened. It was like Ryan Pace got hired and then John Fox was in the building or something, and they were like, "Go go meet with him." No, I was like Todd Poles, Todd Bowles, but like Ryan didn't really have Ryan Pace. Now, now we have Ryan Poles, RP. You, you got know, Matt Ryan and Ryan still. R- Ryan P and Matt, we're back. Wow. <laughs> Got Big rid of change. Ryan P and fired Matt, but now then we hired Ryan P. So owner ownership wanted Jim Caldwell to be the new head coach? It, no, so ownership. So it was like George McCaskey wanted wanted Dan Quinn. Okay. And then it was Ted Phillips and Bill Polian wanted Caldwell. That's what they wanted. Polian is just kind of acting like, is he formally with the Bears organization now? Or is he just kind of acting as like a special advisor for like helping them like find a new head coach? Consultant. And everything? He was like a consultant. consultant to George, basically. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They both wanted Jim Caldwell. That's interesting because I, I wouldn't have thought that Jim Caldwell, like I remember his name being thrown around there, but I don't know. He just doesn't. That's Polian's doesn't guy, seem- though. Caldwell yeah. was the OC with Peyton Manning there, so like yeah. that's yeah. his dude. But it makes sense a little bit. Um, yeah. But it's also like apparently Caldwell walked in and had this really amazing plan for Justin Fields. Apparently that was what happened, but they still mm. went with Eberflus. Like okay. he was like Caldwell is the type of guy where if he if we would have taken him, I would have been happy because everywhere he's gone, he's built a like an offense that caters to that team's strengths. So like like if you look at each place. They had different offenses. Like it's not like the Matt Nagy system where we're going to shove it and shove a square into a round hole. It's he gets there and he's like, all right, well, we have a QB who's really good, really good at play action. Let's run an offense based on play action. Like it's just duh. Like, can you imagine a coach doing that? That's crazy. Um, So, yeah, I would have been okay with that. The key now is an offensive staff for Matt Eberflus. Let's see if he can do that. Also, Matt Eberflus is a 4-3 coach. So we might be going back. Not even that four three cover two coach. That's Lovey Smith's defense. So we might be going back to like the four three. But honestly, Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack have both played in four threes. Robert Quinn had the best season of his whole career in a four three with twenty sacks. And Khalil Mack's Hall of Famer. He can play anywhere. So if we do it, if we switch defensive schemes, I think we're ready to do that. Our, our team is okay for that right now. So. That's just another another wrinkle. Um, let me chime in here. So yeah. my my big take on this is is a couple of things. So one, when it comes to Ryan, he needed to make this stand. So he understands coming from you know coming from another big market of you. The guy is so smart on what he was doing, which made me really like him. Because I'm going to be honest with you, as soon as we started interviewing with him. I was looking at his stuff, didn't really love it, but actions speak louder than words. And the stuff that he was doing with the contract negotiations, all the stuff that he wanted to be uh, the man point on, the final say, the final cut, uh, he knows that, like, we can't just, or what it seems, I haven't, you know, obviously haven't talked to him, but he seems like he understands that the Bears are such a big market. They're a $4 billion franchise. 
that we cannot just waste talent and we cannot waste time on rebuilding. We got to be good now, which is what I really like. And him to take the reins, I think it's it's such a cool thing to see because I feel like all these higher execs, they like to have the ability to say like, or just have excuses. I didn't have this guy. This wasn't my guy. This wasn't mm-hmm. him. I like that he yeah. is being like, no, I want my guy. Give me the responsibility. Put my head on the chopping block from day one. And that is such a unique thing that I've never seen in NFL. Uh, it's kind of like if I'm was, making – I was going to say, like, it's kind of like if, if you're the one going to get fired in the end for these decisions, like, you got to give me 100% of the say, you know? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. That's awesome. He has that type of confidence because, I mean, he knows if he has that that autonomy, he could surround himself with whoever he wants. And that's, like, the big difference between Kansas City and, and the Bears. The Kansas City front offices, they have 10 people. Everyone has an assistant. I mean, no one is they, – they just have so much more brain think behind their decisions, and obviously it's worked in the past, but the Bears only five guys, and I don't know. They're going to do their due diligence, but I hope that's like, like the next step is he surrounds himself with more than five guys like the Bears usually do. Let, let's be honest. The biggest, the biggest thing that Poles is going to bring for us is one that he came from a franchise that wants to make money. It's not owned by a family that started their whole career off a hundred dollar, a hundred dollar investment. He went to the chiefs and what do the chiefs want to do? They know they're not in the biggest market. They want to make the best team. And how do you do that? And then when you have the best team, you get butts in the seats, you get Jersey sales, you get everything, which I like that. I want him to be more business minded. Obviously I'm a little bit more business minded. It's what I do for a living, stuff like that. And so I like seeing that. I like seeing a guy that isn't, um, you know, he, I. to me, he doesn't seem like he's just going to sit here, cash checks, you know, get fired in four years. And to me, it seems like he actually wants to make a difference and do it. With Matt Eberflus, uh, he was my number one pick. Uh, the whole Dan Quinn thing seemed like the most George McCaskey thing ever. If you've been to a Super Bowl, if you won a Super Bowl, doesn't matter if one side of the ball helped you. He looks at you. And if it was a cartoon, you turn into a, like a chicken leg and he's just like licking his chops. He's like, I need you. I need you. You've been to a Super Bowl. Uh, Obviously we know that's not how it works. You know, you could go to one Super Bowl. You could have a really good team around you. That necessarily doesn't translate to another team. Um, Ibra Blues. um, What I really like about him is he said that he wanted a chance to work with a rookie quarterback. I think that's something that is pretty interesting because you have coaches that have had established quarterbacks. They've had rookie quarterbacks. Uh, obviously with him, it wasn't the whole deal with like the Carson Wentz, stuff like that. But for someone to be like, I want this new challenge because I think I have the idea. Obviously we got to see how it plays out, but that's something that absolutely intrigues me. I like the idea of him wanting the challenge accepting it understanding that it's going to be more difficult understanding that it's going to be more pressure on his job i just think obviously on the defensive side of the ball he's he's already pretty acclaimed um he turned the colts with only uh three first round picks into i would say for an avid football fan you know that the colts have a good defense and you've heard the name darius Leonard. yeah i like that stuff so I'm very intrigued. I'm not sold on anyone, 
but I, I'm liking the first impressions and that's a big thing for me. I like the first, you know, interaction. I'm enjoying it. Right. You know, yeah. this is the, I, I look at this situation, like kind of, I, I try to compare it to the John Fox, Ryan Pace, like that situation that happened a couple years ago. And it was like me talking myself into it. You know, I talk, I was like, John Fox, yeah, John Fox, he wins the Super Bowl. And so it's like, you know, but for this, it's like, okay, it's almost like the, the Justin Fields where when we took Mitch and then we're comparing it to Justin Fields where it's kind of like the narrative is flipped. We're looking for the good with Mitch and now with Fields, it's like we're really pointing in on the bad, but there is not a lot of bad. So like we take it. Um, but this situation, it's like, I liked, I like Iberflus and there's like subtle things that you like. You like that he has a top 10 defense in the Colts for the past I think four years without a single player besides Justin Houston getting double digit sacks. So it's just like he has a really good, like a defense that doesn't rely on the blitz to like, in like turnovers to like control the defense. It's just a very well coached gang tackling defense that is like that you kind of like can trust no matter what. It doesn't require a star to run it essentially. And then mm-hmm. like, I like that. So that means he's organizing can think logically like that. The like, I just have no clue about what's going to happen on offense here. The the rumors now are that the like passing game coordinator for the Eagles. That's a rumor. Um, Mike Kafka is a rumor. I don't know where the name. It's where the like that's coming from. But he's the QB coach for the Chiefs uh, right now. That's a rumor. Um, I'm like, if you can get Caldwell to come back and use that plan that he was going to use for Justin Fields and be the OC here, like he might not get a job offer. Like, come on, come on down Caldwell. We'll take you. Like, it's just, it all hinges on the OC that can work with Justin Mm -hmm. Fields. I trust him because like, you can think of defensive, you know, Bill Belichick worked great with Tom Brady. Bill Belichick is defensive head coach. He's a defensive minded head coach. You can like game plan for another team and be like defensive oriented and be able to tell your QB, Hey, their defense sucks here, here, and here, and like exploit it. So like, there's ways to work with it. I don't think we need an offensive head coach. It's just we need somebody who can help him grow as well. So mm-hmm. very curious yeah. about that. Um, Johnny and Nick, any final thoughts before we do the recap of the games? Um, I I like that they hired a defensive coordinator. Uh, I was saying it before, bring back Monsters of the Midway, focus on being a defensive team. Offense will come from that. Uh, that's what the Bears are. So I, I like that a lot. Um, but we were talking about it before we started. Like, let's not fall into the same trap that we did four years ago when we hired Matt Nagy and we had Ryan pace out there making picks for us. Um, I'm going to be super hesitant. And if they come out and win 13 games next season uh, with the new head coach and whoever he hires as an offensive coordinator, I'm still going to be like, Hey, that was great, but you need to keep going because Nagy did it four years ago and look where we are now. So yeah, um, it's step by step. I'm glad we're on to the next chapter. Can officially put Matt Nagy behind us, start thinking about the future. That's exciting, but uh, I'm going to continue to remain cautiously optimistic throughout the off season and throughout the next several seasons. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then the other thing I'll say is that I was telling you guys my conspiracy theory uh, about Ryan Poles. It was like Ryan Pace from Ryan Pace to Ryan Poles. That's Pace and Poles. Both of those are are references to racing, like pace car, pole position. 
Arlington race track. Bears are rumored to move to Arlington. Poles plus pace equals Arlington. So uh, I think this is a sign the Bears are going to be uh, in Arlington in a couple of years. So heard it here first. Love it. Simple math. Johnny. <laughs> yeah, same. Cautiously optimistic. Um, we'll see who else they get on the offensive side. I mean, I'm happy with both of the hires. They're proven. Um, I feel especially good about polls. Um, I'm just happy they didn't move forward with Dan Quinn because I, I really thought that was the front runner. Uh, that was the Bears' favorite. So glad that didn't happen. And I know uh, polls was his best friends with Matt Ryan. So he obviously could tell him a lot about Dan Quinn and his time in uh, in Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens next. Uh, let's head over to the recap. So the first game we're going to recap is just going to go in the order of the games. So the first game was the Bengals versus the Titans at Titans. Final score was 19-16. to 16. Bengals win. Um, Jackpot Joe. I love the nickname. Um, the craziest stat is that he was sacked nine times and they won. That's crazy. Uh, the Titans. Quick funny story. Uh, we were watching the game. And I uh, was sitting next to Steve, and he goes, he goes, why is Ryan Tannehill putting on chapstick? I was like, dude, I don't know. Maybe it's cold. He goes, nah, man, your hands are going to get greasy. I'm going to bet turnover first possession. And I was like, okay, yeah, plus 800. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad bet. Boom, first play pick. He goes, I told you, greasy hand. And I was like, I, dude, I don't know if that's why he threw the pick. But you're making it really hard for me to disagree with you. That tracks, man. Wow. Um, but hands. overall, I, I, I just think it's like Tannehill, you, if, if you're one seed, I mean, it's the first time in 11 years or since the one both one seeds have lost. Uh, the turnovers are going to kill you. They're going to kill you. They're always going to kill you. And it's just, you know, they made a little comeback to tie the game, but – the turnover with 42 seconds left is, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's really they had my Derrick take. Henry back too. They had, they had Derrick Henry back. Like, just don't, just give him the ball every single time. Don't throw three interceptions. Just go down and you probably win this game. <laughs> uh, good for the Bengals, Dude, though. That's really cool. It's really cool to see. It's nuts that they didn't give the ball. How? So, by the way, I was looking at the odds. For the first play of the game to be a rush was minus five fifty. That's how confident the the sports books were like they're giving it to Derrick Henry first play, and that's why I was like, dude, I don't know if they're going to turn it over. I think they're just going to run it a lot. And then, and then he hit me with the "I told you, greasy hands," and I was like, dude, come on, I don't think it's that. And he's like, well, did he throw a pick? And I was like, okay, yes, but don't hit me with that. Um, Johnny and Beer, any takes on this game? I, I don't. I thought this was like uh, one. If you watch Derrick Henry, it was like he'd get hit in the backfield a lot. He was not getting like a lot of ground early on in those rushes. They were like Derrick Henry is one of those weird guys where you think he'd be an in between the tackle runner, but he's actually better when you get him running a couple steps downhill, like off the edges, because then he's full speed and then like can put you in the ground and like try stopping someone that giant. But like, if you can get him in the backfield before he has a little bit of momentum, that's yeah. when you can beat him. And that's what we saw. So like the defense of the Bengals, I give them credit. Um, 
it looked like nothing was working besides Dante Foreman running the football for the Titans. Honestly, yeah, like, he was good. Like it was like they wanted to give the ball to Henry, but it just maybe they rushed him back. Maybe like I don't know what was going on. Yeah, it just it I didn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that I think the Bengals defense was were really the ones that stepped up. Their defensive line, they're all giants. Uh, they're all like 330 pounds plus. Uh, so that's probably how they were able to stop Derrick Henry. Um, but McPherson, his kick, didn't even see it go through 53 yards. Uh, rookie power move because he did do that earlier in the season where he kind of turned away before the ball went through the through the uprights and it didn't go through the uprights. So it was really embarrassing. He was celebrating on camera before he went through, but uh, he did it this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chase, he's just awesome. He's first rookie with two postseason games with 100-plus yards. Just an animal. Um, all right, let's go to the next game. Nothing will be me give me more pleasure to, to read this box score. 49ers went over to Lambo, huh? <sighs> big underdogs, big underdogs. 49ers, Remember, snow game, too. It was so cold for the West Coast team. Too oh cold for them. It was so cold. Uh, 49ers, 13, Packers, 10. I hate to be a broken record. But Mr. MVP, Mr. Oh, I don't get my COVID shot. I'm immunized, though. Don't worry. Uh, possible last game of the Packers. I loved it. I loved it. I So I bet on this game, Moneyline. I told you guys. The block punt. I got up, and I was hugging the people around me as if I... I did the – I blocked the butt myself. I was kissing people on the cheek. I was ready to go on a campaign trail after that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' little little rock out sign going away like, hey, what happened? I thought you guys got an amazing offense. Ten points at home in the snow. That's Packer weather, I guess. Never mind. I guess it goes to San Fran. Um, nothing will be better than Jimmy Garoppolo, a rolling or Arlington Heights kid, running up to uh, Robbie Gold and screaming, "Fuck the Packers!" Yeah, fuck them. I mean, fuck oh. the Packers. They <laughs> suck. They're idiots. Aaron Rodgers deserves to be in prison. Uh, <laughs> I like. I was telling. I was telling people around me. I was like. Because I also had the uh, I had the Niners at minus two and a half, and they're like, "Well, what if they win by one and you lose your bet?" And I was like, "I don't care about losing money as long as they lose. Like, if they lost by one, I still would have been like, I can't believe it. I wanted to do whatever that movie is where the girl lays back, pulls the thing, and the water comes down. I wanted that to be filled with Packer tears." And I wanted it to wash all my sins away. Fuck the Packers. And it was a beautiful moment. (laughs) God, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Everyone talking, oh, their special team stinks. They stink. They suck. (sighs) You see they had 10 players on defense the last play? Uh, The last play? They (laughs) run so well. I love uh, – I heard one of the announcers after they noticed that there was 10 players, they were like, if Lombardi was looking down right now, he'd be very sad. Good. Yeah, duh. That's all I'm saying. That, that's my take. I loved it. A Packers loss and a Bears win. 
Somehow the Bears won this weekend because the Packers lost. <laughs> Robbie Gold doing I, it too. I, yeah, Robbie Gold. 49ers, Golden. baby. 49ers. Bring me the 49ers. They're going to beat the shit out of the Rams. They beat them the last six games. They're going to beat them again. The, uh, the, I'm extremely happy that the Packers lost. I think the whole situation of them losing, of Rodgers not playing that great of a game on top of everything else that he's done just shows like he – He's just such a not good person uh, <laughs> in so many ways. I mean, he made he made the season all about himself. He mm-hmm. held out all of lost uh, all of the off season and was like, I don't know if I'm going to come back or not. Blah blah blah. Did the whole thing with where he said he was immunized instead of vaccinated. It's always about him. And then finally, when it comes down to the game, where it's like, hey, you need to be you and do all this stuff that we put up with all the bullshit on the side in order to make it worthwhile. Exactly. You can't even do that. And he, he just, he dropped the ball completely. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, I, you know, you can, for the longest time I respected him. I hated him, but I respected him because I knew that he was really good and he is really good stat wise and will probably go to the hall of fame, but he's just, I, I can't really respect him as a person or as an individual anymore. It's just, He's really, really, really terrible. Really awful. He's a terrible do, uh, person. Do you guys remember when he, uh, him and Devontae Adams posted the uh, Jordan Pippen photo saying that this is the last dance? Uh, they came up a little short to the greatest fucking combo in NBA history. Huh? A little short. Ooh, it, it hurts. Um, uh, what I about thought- their last drive? Three and out? MVP candidate? Three and out? At home? There was uh, Ooh, a... The stat was and a lot of Packer fans are pissed about. It. I get that. I get the reverbs of Packer fans around me. I'm like right in the middle of like the Minnesota, but right in the border of Wisconsin. So I get like reverbs, and they're all annoyed because they had like one wide receiver target that was not to Devonte Adams that whole game, and it was like, and the, my favorite is seeing the poll. There was a Wisconsin poll from a local town. I think it was like Toma, Wisconsin. There's a local radio station ran it. And they go, do you want Aaron Rodgers back on the Packers or not? And it was 60% said no. I'm like, uh, I'm like, you all. Wow. Give it, give it like three starts I mean, of Jordan love. And we'll see, we'll see how you feel again, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all knew they're idiots over there in green Bay. So I just, Oh man, it was, it really fed like the, I, with that block punt, I remember like jumping off the seat, like what? And then like, it was like at least three seconds before it hit, like even came back into the screen and we were like, what is going on? And then we, I cheered and I hugged the 49er fan while like looking at Kyle, like, Hey Kyle, and, like pointed at him <laughs> <laughs> and then stupid Kyle's freaking Packer fan. So, yeah. um, just like, he knows what he did wrong. He knows that it was also like balancing, like not being too over the top. Cause that would kind of suck for him, but still <laughs> he chose to come and be part of that. Um, yeah, it was, it was strange because it looked like the Packers were going to win. And it was because the 49ers literally couldn't do anything on offense. Like the whole game, they were just like mm-hmm. struggling and then they pulled it out of their ass at the end, like four minutes, 50 seconds left. They blocked the punt, get the touchdown, get Robbie gold, Robbie gold to go end it. I kept saying <laughs> with like four minutes left. I'm like, Robbie, do it. Do it, Robbie. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it. And I was just like, 
then he lines up to do it. I'm like, oh my god, this is like cathartic bears experience. This is like literally, and then he does it. And then afterwards, the cr- the cherry on top is the meeting at midfield and going, yeah, fuck the Packers. And yeah, Robbie goes, yeah, fuck them. But like, yeah, I'm like, I was ready to go run through a freaking wall when I heard that. Like, <laughs> gosh, like, the, I'll, I'll take it though. It's I felt like I, I was off 15 Red Bulls. I was flying <laughs> high. Yeah. The Packers literally invented a new way. Uh, to lose. Um, they're the first team in history to lose to a team that's down four plus points without a single offensive touchdown. So, um, mm-hmm. Or defensive yeah. touchdown. They didn't get or a defensive, defensive touchdown. touchdown. <laughs> exactly. Special <laughs> teams mm-hmm. touchdown. And that's just hilarious because they're the, their special teams have been failing all all season. But I think like there was a stat that says this is the first game in Kyle Shanahan's coaching career where he won a game without an offensive or a defensive touchdown. And it was like, how is this happening? <laughs> did you Vegas did you guys Packers, notice? Yeah. Did Vegas you guys notice winning by like twice the amount of points rather than the 49ers winning, so did you guys notice after the three and out how far the punter was back? I loved it. I found it so funny. He was an extra fifteen yards away. And it's just like a fool me once. You got me once. I'm not going to do it again. All right, let's go to the next game. So the next game, we have the Rams Buccaneers. Uh, Rams 30, Bucks 27. I mean, this game looked like a complete blowout. And then it started turning like the uh, Super Bowl against the Falcons. It really did seem like Tom Brady had that magic again. I remember when they tied it, uh, thinking like, wow, they really are going to pull this off. And then, I I hate to say it, but I mean, let's be honest here. They left they left the triple crown wide receiver winner wide open, not double covered for two plays. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, pretty unbelievable. Um, that was wild. Uh, the fumbles, the um, um, you know, two fumbles out of um, Cam Akers, one on, near the goal line, and then another one where it's literally you're just running down the clock, just don't lose the ball. And uh, I, I really think it's something like the whole time when they're down twenty-seven-three, everybody's still looking at Tom. Everybody's like, he's still got time. He's still got time. And mm-hmm. I think that just that sort of mentality just gets into everybody's head on the other team. They're like, okay, just don't screw up. Don't give Tom Brady any chances. And then you do it and you're like, ah, shit, we gave him a chance. Okay, don't screw up. Don't give him any more chances. We still got a 17 point lead. Ah, shit, we did it again. And it's just like, for whatever reason, I mean, it's, it's funny how, how often that happens. And it's, it's just gotta be so much of the mental anguish that he can just put on people because of what mm-hmm. he's done in the past. Yeah. Johnny almost, almost did it. Almost came back and, and finished the deal, too. And that was a heck of a game. Um, I am excited to see someone else besides Tom, though, uh, in the final uh, in the NFC Championship, AFC Championship, and then the Super Bowls here. So it'll be – that'll be a little bit – that'll be kind of refreshing, maybe, especially because these games are going to be so good, um, these upcoming ones. So, But, uh, yeah, it was – I was I was almost certain I was like oh it's happening again there's no way Tom Brady's gonna lose this game like with the comeback on I'm like yeah he's gonna win this game but just mm-hmm. couldn't do it I just you know goes to show 
I who knows? There's rumbling of him being uh, retiring, and then like there's like a a weird stat out there that whoever has led the league in passing has never made it to a Super Bowl. So, oh, yeah, huh. interesting. Yeah, interesting. you so should have known better. It, it it was like zero in like fifty five or something right now. Ever since it's been tracked, so it's like Tom Brady has contributed to it. Now he's zero and fifty five. Before it was zero and fifty four of all the passing leaders to make it to a Super Bowl or something. So, I wonder if that's because you're throwing the ball a lot because you're down a lot, or because you don't have a good enough run game, like enough balance between the two, and you need you need balance if you're gonna exactly win the big game. I think you're right. I think that's I think that's a big part of it. Like if you have to do too much as a QB, your team's not. It shows too much about your team. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Gianni, final thoughts. Uh, let's see. Rams are 46 and one when leading at halftime. The only team that ever disrupted that is the Niners next week. So we'll see how the Rams do. Yeah, they're going to get smoked by the Niners. Um, all right, let's go to the last game. Uh, Bills at Chiefs. The final score was 36 to 42. Chiefs win. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. In my lifetime, this is single-handedly the greatest playoff game I've ever seen in my life. Um, we'll talk about the playoff rules. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, you you dirty dog. You gave every man out there hope when someone says 30 seconds is long enough. <laughs> 13 seconds is long enough every man in this world rejoiced they said I told you babe 13 seconds that's too much time that's too much time that's uh, enough time for Pat Mahomes to score a touchdown yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, score. what a yeah. game 25 points scored in the last minute and 43 seconds 300 yards of passing need I say more I mean they killed it both teams are great Obviously, after everyone gets their opinion, let's talk about the overtime rule. But I really think, like, how high scoring was, how, like, down to the wire, they're just like, I'm going to start slinging this. It was it was such a fun game to watch. It was really just like you were watching and just be like, wow, I can't believe how good this game really can get. What do you guys think? I thought that was a really fun game really back and forth near the end too. I think there was a funny stat. I'm trying to find it exactly, but Pat Mahomes is a uh, lot of yards. He threw in the final two minutes, something like 200 yards passing or something. He threw, um, and that like compared to bears QBs this season, it took them until week eight to do that in the entire game. <laughs> and, Pat Mahomes did it in the final two minutes. <laughs> so I loved it. I thought it was such a freaking awesome game. I I didn't know. I didn't couldn't even like I had no idea who was going to win. I was just holding on for dear life watching. It was like just when you thought the Bills had it, Pat Mahomes just oh, will tear your heart out. Postseason Mahomes is lights out elite. Uh, almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, 69 yards rushing and a touchdown. Um, and that last drive, I think, was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. There's a lot of videos online afterwards, and you could see that Travis Kelsey was the one who was kind of orchestrating that whole drive, saying, hey, the defense is doing this, call an audible, 
don't run that play. And they basically did that for two plays in a row. Um, obviously, Mahomes executed, but that, that was just awesome. One of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Two, two words, squib kick. How do you do not it? How do you not kick do that it? ball? Get it on the ground, get that clock moving. If you take even three or four ticks off of that, there's nothing that they can. I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they might still do it, but at least that's something. I don't know. That's all I can say. When you get under 15 seconds, like even losing two seconds off that just changes every the amount of plays they can run. They can't run in like a good out, or they can have to be really careful about throwing it over the middle if they're timeouts. Like, just yeah. Choose, yeah. It, it's it's too much. So, uh, but let's talk about let's talk about overtime. Well, Ooh, real quick, we got to talk about the final quote that okay, uh, Andy Reid said to Patrick Mahomes: "When times are grim, be the grim reaper." That is a <laughs> banger. Line. That's dope. That is such a nasty thing to say to your star quarterback. And i i i've been I've been trying to think. I kid you not. Since the game ends. Is there a cooler line you could say in that moment than that? I can't think of one. That one is nasty. Probably not. That's pretty unbelievable. That's a good <laughs> ass line. The times are grim. Be the grim be reaper. The grim reaper. Like, wow. Damn. Um, all right, let's talk overtime. Me personally, I think that the only thing I think it's either you keep it the same or you turn it to college just for the playoffs. And the reason I say just for the playoffs is let's say the Jets and the Jaguars go to overtime in week six. I'm good with it ended in a tie. I don't need more time. But during the playoffs, I could see why you want both people to touch the ball. The only thing is a lot of people are complaining. The Chiefs actually petitioned for a new rule after they lost to the Patriots, and they got denied. Hmm. So for the people that are like, well, the Chiefs are really benefiting from this, they were the ones that were first to go to the NFL and say, I want to change the rule, and they got denied. So that's something to think about. What do you guys think? Do you think there should be a new rule, college, something else? Do you think it should stay the same? I Did think the this fight I, at half court for who possession. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here. I think the out. we could do a, a punter fight. What was the rule in the XF the original XFL? Didn't they do like a they dropped a football in the middle of the field and then they ran in the middle to whoever got it first. Yep. And it was just like yeah. a scrum pile. Like we could do that and just have mm. them race from the end zones to the middle. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty sweet. Um. I, I think the only way like that rule change would be it would have to be like make it just more fair. And what's the way you make it more fair is ensure each each offense gets a chance to touch the ball. If they can do that without tweaking too much beyond that, it's fine. I feel like exactly. just like a guaranteed offensive possession for the other team. No matter if they score a touchdown or a field goal, the other team gets an offensive possession. If they can't. It, it has to be like maybe maybe they play it like college, where it has to be sudden death, and they have to go score, or in like in order to stay alive, or like like score a touchdown and like tie it to stay alive, or like if they kick a field goal, it won't count, or they keep it like 
like regular. I'm curious, like how they would they would have to do. I I think they you t- maybe you take away the time and then you do it like that. I I don't know if they need ties in the NFL anymore. I don't know if we need it yeah. personally. Like they rarely happened as they did, and then when they do happen, nobody's happy. So uh, it's just like. Take, maybe take away the time limit, guarantee a full possession, and then it turns to sudden death if both teams score a touchdown on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. And then if you're going to complain, you're going to complain that both offense scored. Like at that point, it's like it's too far in the like the playoffs, like in the overtime. Like you could have stopped them the whole drive, or like so. I don't know. Just my thoughts. The, so. the, the one thing that I want to say is Kansas City scored a touchdown. If they scored a field goal and the uh, the Bills came down and scored a touchdown, no one's complaining. That's my only reason of why I think you might should keep it the same. Is sort of the statistics: the last eleven games that went to overtime, it's ten and one the coin flip winner. But it's only ten, or it's only thirty percent of the coin flip winner then scoring a touchdown. Yeah, so then a lot of it is them either punting the ball away, the other team not scoring, and then them getting it back and scoring, or kicking a field goal, them kicking a field goal, the other team failing to kick a field goal, or something. They're still benefiting from the fact that they have the first possession, though. Which means if uh, assuming the natural progression of possessions occurs and there's no turnovers, which sometimes happen, that they're still going to benefit from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my problem is I, I think the way that they do it in other professional sports needs to be taken into account here. And basically what that is, is during the regular season, you say, hey, we're going to give each team a little bit more opportunity to win this. But at the end of the day, we just want the game to be done. Like in basketball, you have a five minute overtime period in hockey. You have a short overtime period followed by a shootout. Like you're, you're, you're saying we're going to give everybody a little bit more time, but we don't want this to go on forever because you have a lot more games to play. So essentially by that, maybe keep the current, uh, you know, uh, uh, overtime rules in place or just make it say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to play a a full another quarter. Whoever's winning at the end of that you win. Otherwise, if, if it's still a tie, then it's a tie. But in the playoffs, you can't do that. You can't say put an arbitrary amount of time or possessions on on the the game to say, hey, after this, then that's going to be it. You have to like in hockey, they'll just continue playing periods until somebody scores a goal. In baseball, you just keep playing until somebody is winning at the end of an inning. Mm-hmm. And I'm really surprised that the NFL hasn't considered doing that for playoff games, particularly for one like this, that was so good and both teams played so well by essentially giving one team no opportunity to touch the ball. Like not only are you depriving yourself of ratings and of people raving about the game more, but you're just, it, it doesn't seem fair. That's why so many people are talking about it. So to me, I think the, the solution should be for, for overtime in the playoffs is you make them play a whole nother quarter. And if it's still tied at the end of that, you make them play another quarter. And eventually teams are going to get it where they're going to be like, hey, maybe we got to go for two because we got to do something to win this game. We're not just going to play for a tie because we're going to play a whole nother quarter. And if we end up winning this game, the next week we're going to be a little bit more screwed because we're going to have a lot more injuries and be a lot more tired. So there's going to be some incentives built in to try and get the game done at the end of the first, uh, at the end of that quarter and not just try and tie it up. So I I think that's true. Yeah. I think you're right there, Nick, but I think that's just too much time though. 
and too much too many chances for injuries. I think it yeah. should just be two possessions max. Uh, each team has to get a chance. But well, why don't you just go to college after two overtimes where just two point conversions almost make it like a shootout. So the, remember the XFL was it? Uh, you get five chances from the five yard line to 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 throw or get in the end zone. Every time you got in, it was a two point conversion, but it was alternating. So each team just went. So it was one team go got the two, one team go got the two. So now it's two two. One team goes and like like you could do something like that. It'd be completely <laughs> different. <laughs> but uh, I honestly I like I like your idea, Nick. I, I really do. I think that that's one of the best. Like you just make them play a whole nother quarter, and whoever's winning at the end of the quarter, it's that's who's the winner. And then if not, you keep going because like there's no other way. If like you win via a touchdown, like there's whoever touches the ball first is going to be in like basically have the advantage, and that means mm-hmm. whoever wins the coin flip has the advantage, yep. and right. that's ridiculous. So ninety nine percent of the time, and the numbers back it up too. If yeah. nine that's out of ten yeah. are winning when they that's get the coin. Huge. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's not fair at all. It's not fair. <laughs> the numbers back it up. It's not fair. So yeah. Um, all right, let's head over to the rank. We'll skip time out this week. We'll do the things later because we have an hour already. Uh, let's go to the rank. So the rank this week, once again, it's going to be ranking the teams remaining. Um, I'll go first. My number one, Kansas City Chiefs. Number one. Kansas- Why are you starting with number one? Okay, we can start with four. So this is this is my least. Yeah, he's right, you're right, you're right, you're right. He's, he's we drafting. Always go, we always go B to C. So my number four is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. They really haven't done anything that has impressed me. They cannot play the second half of a game. And when it comes down to the Niners, the Niners won six games in a row. But just on their team away, or just their team alone, their second half is terrible. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with the Bengals. As much as I'm happy for the Bengals, we gotta be truthful and they got lucky. Ryan Tannehill stinks. There were a lot of picks. If they're gonna give up nine sacks again, I don't like their chances against Mahomes' offense. Yeah, it's so hard to win with losing yards. And I just I, I'm only doing it off last week's game. Number two, I'm gonna go to the 49ers. 49ers they can run the ball really well, which is really good for the playoffs, and their defense is super good. Very, very good. Nick Bosa is an absolute unit. Hopefully he comes back. Um, Warner is an absolute unit. Uh, their corners are playing really well. The safeties are playing really well. They're getting takeaways, which is very big to win. Uh, number one, I'm going to give the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, after that 13-second comeback, it really seems like this might be a team of destiny. They really want this one. They really want this more than other people. And it seems like that's the team that is the best, in my opinion. So that's my rank. Rams, like Bengals, Niners, Chiefs. And after like that it. Chiefs game, it's 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 hard. Not, if, you ha- if anyone has them out of their top two, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. There's let's, no go, uh, let's go, Johnny. Number four, I'm going uh, Bengals. Oh, yeah. The bungles. I mean, just, the Bungles. I mean, they did beat the Chiefs last time they played, 34 to 31. But uh, their 
defensive coordinator just was not trying. They were not blitzing. They were playing man-to-man um, this time. I mean, Burrow had 400-something yards, and he, he had a career game, but that's not going to happen this time. Uh, they patched all the holes they had in their offensive line, which is their only weak, uh, weakness last year um, through free agency and the drafts. So just the Bengals – they had no chance, and I kind of ranked these based on who they were playing. So, number three, I'm going to Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Joe, like you said, they've lost the last six against the Niners. I don't think there's a chance here. Um, number two, San Francisco 49ers. Robbie Gold, 20 for 20 in the postseason. Uh, Debo Samuel, he is just an absolute stud. Um, and number one, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they've been there. They've done it, and they'll do it in 13 seconds. Um, so, yeah. I like it. I don't know if I agree with the Bengals in the bottom, but. You go, you go beer. Okay. My number four, I have the 49ers. And now, it's not because, like, I like the 49ers, but what did we see this last game? We saw that they had to win because they blocked a freaking punt, and they had to require Robbie Gold. They had to require the, pa- the Packers to lose the football game. And they lost it. I don't know if the 49ers won that football game. Um, also, injuries. They're, like, broken. Trent Williams, like, I, like carried off the field that last game, too. And then Elijah Mitchell, it was, like, limited. He's always hurt. He's been hurt, like, the whole year. So it's just, like, they're limping into this NFC Championship game right here. And, like, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them. But that's why I have them at number four. Number three, I have the Rams. It's tough because the 49ers beat the Rams. They have their number. If This is like their worst case scenario is them playing the 49ers because it's like they're this their kryptonite. But I think with the injuries, I don't know if the, like the last game too, I think the Rams can just win this football game with like the, just despite Kyle Shanahan being a really good coach. Like I think like they can just out talent and out healthy them and just win the football game and push it over. Um, just because I don't think the 49ers gave me much this last game, but yeah. So I have Rams number three, number two, I have the chiefs. So I'm switching it up from some people. Number two, I have the chiefs and, um, it's chiefs. They, that was a nutty game, nutty game, but an up and down season. You know, I'm remembering the whole season where we were like, are the chiefs dead? We were talking about that in the middle of the season. And then, it's true. They, they were kind of reviving, and they were reviving a little bit, and then they went and played the Cincinnati Bengals, and they got they got smushed. And it was like it was the matchup of the Cincinnati wide receivers on the or no, not Cincinnati. It was the Bengal. Yes, it was the Bengals wide receivers on the Kansas City defensive backs, and it was literally they made it made them toast. It was over, and honestly, nothing on that regard. Wide receivers to the corner or the corner play has really changed since then. So like that's why I'm like, I think the I think the Bengals are number one right now. Like they their best matchup of the season is against them in the AFC Championship. Go to the Super Bowl. Like of all the teams they could play, I'm sure they're like they did it before and they did it with style. I don't know why I don't know why they can't do it again. So like that's. We saw it last time. They had their number. I honestly think the the Cincinnati Bagels could do this whole thing, this whole this whole Super Bowl thing. Now, like they're happy to get in the playoffs, but based on these matchups, like you really don't think Steve Spagnuolo will make some adjustments after they break their eight game winning streak? I, maybe. 
I st- oh, I'm going based on this is what we had last time, and nothing's really changed. It's like the 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 Bengals wide receivers are like amazing, and the Chiefs defense like DBs. You got Tyron Matthew, like great. Otherwise, it's a patchwork, and like Steve Steve Spagnuolo can do what he can do, but in the end, like I don't know. You could cut him some. Maybe it was just uh, an off week, but I don't know. We'll you see. Remember. They didn't blitz at all, and Joe Burrow just got sacked nine times. So still one got sacked nine, nine times. times. But it's uh, true. It's true. Yeah. We'll see though. We'll see. I just think I go based on past experience. I saw. I mean, it wasn't even like that game wasn't even really that close. And Cincinnati played the played uh, the forty or the the Chiefs. It was just they had their number the whole time. And like this is the matchup again, and nothing's really changed since that last time. So. I don't know. Yeah. I like All it. Right. Love it. Nick. All right. Uh, number four, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I'm in complete agreement here with beer. Um, the 49ers could not move the ball. They've got a quarterback who throws for 110 yards and two interceptions per game. Uh, he looks much better than he throws. Um, you know, they've got Debo Samuel is fantastic. Elijah, Elijah Mitchell's have had a hell of a season when you didn't expect him to get that many carries even, but I mean, they're, it, it's not sustainable. They, they haven't been scoring points. They're going to have to score points against the, the LA Rams and it's just not going to happen. Uh, my number three is the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I would have them higher if not for their very clear offensive line troubles and um, all the sacks that Burrow had to endure. But uh, I, I mean, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, I love it. I, I really think they got a good shot against the Chiefs next week. Uh, number two, I got the Chiefs. Uh, amazing game. Um, looked unbelievable. Number um, two. Yeah, I mean, 13 seconds and they still came back. I mean, let's let's be frank. They should have lost that game, but they didn't because of how incredible their offense is. But the defense isn't really there, and they could fall to a high-powered offense backed up by really good defense, which yeah. then leads me to my number one, which is the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams oh. destroyed. I mean, it was obvious. That was the only team left. Uh, the they LA showed Rams up. Destroyed. But I wanted you to say it destroyed the Arizona you want me to say what I needed you to say the Rams I was hoping that you were like never mind no the LA Rams took it to the Cardinals week one wasn't even a game and then they were destroying the goat the that entire game I mean they they almost gave it away with some turnovers uh a couple of fumbles uh, by Cam Akers who's been out all season and he was just brought back in like a week or two ago uh, and by the the greatest or the best uh, wide receiver this season. So I don't expect those to continue. They have a great defense and a great offense. Matt, Matt Stafford's on one. I think it's going to be them and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and I think that they're going to be able to to beat them pretty easily because they can play both sides of the ball. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the Ram- I thought the Rams looked really good this last game. Everyone was like, saying they were only winning against bad teams, and then they showed up and beat the Bucks. But they almost lost. They, it, they but... can't play a second half. That's my big thing. They just can't play a second half. They still won. I think. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, they won. But especially against the Chiefs, if you don't play a, a half of football, you're screwed. 
Um, all right. Thank you guys very much for listening. Real quick. Time out. Excuse me. We are still selling uh, our first ever merch drop. Um, you can find it in all of our links in any of our social media. Um, you can find it on my personal as well at Badia underscore Badia. Um, we are raising money for multiple myeloma awareness in the fight against multiple myeloma. It is a type of cell and bone and blood marrow cancer. Um, if you can, please donate. Please buy a shirt. Donate on your own. It will go to a really good cause. Uh, Beer League does not see a dime of it. We are putting everything that it costs to make the shirt, everything in sales, every extra donation straight to the charity. It never even touches us. It would be a really big help if you guys could help out. Um, we already have had so many donations. We're up over $2,000. I just want to say thank you to everyone that has donated. It really means a lot to everyone. Um, it's great. It's such a big thing to see your guys support. Um, I know we got the best listeners in the game, but it is, it's just, you know, it's a really, you know, magical moment. I, I, I really cannot thank everyone enough. Um, but we will be back next week with another phenomenal episode. Enjoy your playoffs, your championship weekend, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a good